I'm Jay Matthews, and this is AD Update. Some of these I look forward to more than others, even though I've enjoyed every podcast. But today, we are going to have an amazing guest, a guy that we I could talk to for several episodes. It's going to be interesting to see how I can get it down in the one. But in my mind, a legendary coach for the state of Alabama has been a faithful servant of Christ in so many ways and a guy I've known for way too long, Brent Reese. Brent, glad you're with us. Thank you, Jay. You're being too generous, uh, and uh, we are going to have fun, though. So we are talking a little bit. Uh, so we go back possibly to 1982. Yeah. So give us a little bit of your background as a player, and, and we'll, we'll divvy up your coaching uh, later. But uh, – as a player, and then in there, I know your fate's going to come in in terms of that. But yeah, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you grew up and about yeah. football. Uh, Jay, you know, you've heard me say this several times because it's dear to me, but uh, my earliest memories of my first Christmas gift was a, one of those football sets of a Bart Star helmet, football, shoulder pads, jersey, and all those things. And that's in my earliest memory of a Christmas present is yeah. football, and I've always loved football. Uh, and uh, we moved to Birmingham when I was in kindergarten and then to Leeds. Mom and Dad could afford a home in Leeds. We moved there. I was born in Sylacauga. Uh, some of you remember Jared Walker. We was born in the same hospital, <laughs> years apart, but same hospital. But uh, moved to Leeds and, and developed um, some lifelong friendships, and we played uh, several sports together growing up and played for Joe Campbell, who had played for the Brooklyn Dodgers and scouted for the L.A. Dodgers, so uh, a school that was uh, familiar with athletics and a defensive coach who had played at uh, Livingston on a um, baseball team there with uh, uh, folks that you would you would know. Uh, but uh, just have always enjoyed it, played there, um, enjoyed my, my and, high school. Yeah, and while you're at Leeds, there's some pretty good names floating around during that time, right? Yeah, yeah, Charles, uh, Sir Charles. Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. yeah. We couldn't ever get him out for football, um, but I uh, got to be on the basketball team with him. I got to sit and watch, and uh, <laughs> his junior and senior years were amazing. Um, Rodney Garner. Yeah, um, absolutely. Great college football coach, great person. He was a freshman my senior year, and so I've enjoyed Rodney's success as well as Charles. And So it was a lot of fun. Uh, went to North Alabama for a yeah. few years and went on a mission trip to China and Obviously, both of us got involved with Campus Outreach uh, right. with Briarwood. Some great friends there. And uh, when I got back from that um, mission trip, I, I transferred to Sanford, tried to concentrate on getting my degree, and got married to my high school sweetheart, Miss Leanne. And yeah. Here we are. It's so amazing. So when I think about the coaches that you coached with through your career, I mean, literally, we could, t- we could make an episode off each one, but, you know, I'm looking at, you know, Bob Finley, you know, Coach Chino, uh, yeah. many, many others. Uh, yeah, if you live, Coach Yancey, you know, so yeah. you, you've you been around the Hall of Fame, Alabama sports. So just what comes to your mind when you think about those, those times? Oh, I, you know, and Jay, you and I have to, I've talked about it. Uh, Coach Finley and Coach Yancey and Coach Anderson have all been encouragers. And uh, my high school coach had played at the old Highwood with Bobby Bowden. 
Mm-hmm. So when we would run into Coach Bowden, he was always the same Christian example, same Christian guy, and he would see leads and he'd say, you're one of Joe's boys. And I'd say, yes, sir, I am. It's Joe Campbell. So, I mean, you just think of all the Christian guys that we've looked up in a sport we love to play and coach. Coach Finley, uh, he and I would travel a lot in the spring to watch uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn practice, and we'd go back to the hotel while other coaches are, are doing stupid things. <laughs> Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, he and I would go back and watch some Major League Baseball, and he'd be preparing his Sunday school for his seventh-grade boys at Green Valley Baptist Church. Well, here I am at the end of my life, and I'm getting to do that. I'm getting to prepare Sunday school and Bible lessons for seventh-grade boys and girls. I hadn't thought so, about that. Yeah, That's man. Full it's a, circle. It's a full circle. And, of course, Coach Yancey at a distance, he, he was a great encourager. Uh, Coach Anderson uh, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, always a great encourager. And, uh, and and obviously others. And uh, even Dr. Kynard from a distance on the summer gym program with Coach uh, Young, um, Dr. Kynard gave me great advice on how to, how to handle kids in the mm-hmm. classroom and mm-hmm. uh, how to build relationships. So, and, you know, I mean, all of us with Campus Outreach, there's been such a good group of, of men and women. Right. You know, you go to North Alabama, so take, take us through kind of that journey of yeah, one yeah. of your former teammates and good friends, uh, Mike Heron. He was a receiver on that team, and uh, he helped disciple me and uh, grow me up. And he's a pastor of a prominent – Wayne Grubb, right? Head yeah, coach. coach Grubb was the head coach. But yeah. the O-line coach was a guy named Mike Hand. Yeah. And Mike loved the Lord, and he's still going strong. And So uh, a lot of good Christian folks there. And uh, so um, – Campus Outreach was on UNA's campus, and between it and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, it, it just encouraged me so much. And then coming back to Birmingham, wanting to be a part of Briarwood. Yeah. And we've we've been there, I guess, almost 40 years now, or it's getting close to it. So can you even walk us through all of the schools and positions? And, oh, goodness. I know you had a golden run at Leeds of state championships and all, yeah. but there, there was it, it's a journey to get oh, there, right? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> um, the years with Coach Finley were wonderful, and I was – you know, when you're young, you have all these grandiose dreams, and I thought, well, I want to be a head coach. And, um, I was too young and, and took a job at Calera and paid a price for it. Um, I learned a lot. Um, there were some good people, and some of those um, folks have had their grandkids here at, at Brightwood that I've been able to teach since then. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Made me feel at home. But uh, tough years, uh, some, some, you know, a lot of learning. Uh, Tim Sanders was nice enough to hire me at Leeds and coached defense there for almost 20 years. And then obviously the last 10 uh, with uh, Keith Etheridge as our head coach. Had a, just a, a wonderful time. We, we won our first state championship 2008 at Legion Field. Crying my eyes out, wishing Coach Finley was there, wishing Joe Campbell was there to enjoy it with us. Yeah. And, but I did have a lot of friends and, and former coaches to celebrate with. And the kids, just so excited. And uh, that would have been enough. I, I was, you know, that would have been enough. But the kids wanted more. And so a few years later, we won it in 10 uh, at Auburn. And... Um, Played for it again in 13 and lost a very good Madison Academy team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then 14, 15, won it back-to-back uh, in 4A. So 2 and 3A, 2 and 4A. Played for it five times in about eight years, which is unbelievable. Just great kids. Uh, parents 
uh, supported us. Um, coaching staff, we all worked together, helped each other, and everybody's sports. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's a legacy uh, yeah. run at that time. So, you know, as you were kind of coming through, all of those experiences kind of got an eye for what defense, what makes a great defense, because that became your MO as, you know, a great defensive coordinator. You, you based out of the 3-4, and that's kind of your your deal. Uh, so yeah. talk to a little bit about some of the principles that you've learned or you believe okay. in or fit your eye as far as well, a coach. Well, let me, let me say this before we get into football. Uh, Dale Burnett um, – was so key to everything. He grew up in McAdory, played baseball at Sanford, was teammates with Bo Jackson. Well, Dale, Dale was so good about being candid and seeing through things and making things real simple and clear. So he coached the linebackers the whole time, but we did the defense together. Um, matter of fact, Keith Etheridge thought he and I were going to fight one Sunday night, uh, and he didn't understand that we had to work it out on Sunday night to be prepared for Monday. Yeah. And we were not mad. Yeah. We were just very passionate about what we wanted to do. But uh, he always said the Lord chose to bless us because you can't control the injuries, the the personnel, the chemistry of the kids. And and behind the scenes, there were a couple of Christian guys um, that were spending time with the kids when we couldn't. They were doing Wednesday night Bible studies with basketball and those Mm -hmm. kind of things, pizza night. And so the kids, a lot of the kids came to know Christ. And so when the kids are cheering for each other, even if somebody's playing in their position, that's when that's when Dale and I knew we had something. When we saw two kids, instead of coming to the sideline throwing their helmet and upset because they're not in, they were cheering for each other. How about that? And and we could see it, and and it was just becoming real for us. Well, defensively, obviously, um, you can't determine what the offense is going to do, so you try to keep it as simple as you can. Uh, obviously, those phrases alignment, assignment, and hustle. Um, and I was just talking to Daniel Forrester about this morning. The kids would make the calls. We very rarely would make anything from the sideline. Now, we might make an adjustment at halftime or during a timeout, but we had pretty much tweaked it by game time that that there was usually one player that could make the call and the kids would line up and play. Mm. And so when the kids are confident about where they line up, what their assignment is, they can play. They can yeah. hustle. Yeah. And, and it's just a matter of, of you know, pulling them back instead of trying to motivate them to play harder. so. But it's just a good chemistry. The kids cared more about winning and more about each other than their personal playing time. And that, that was a huge break from the years when we lost, where kids were so selfish about their position or their success instead of the team. So, And, and, you, you, can, and you saw it here at Broward. You can't, as a coach, you can't manufacture that. That's, that's got to right. be a God thing. Do you, do you recall a key moment that caused the change? Because you're actually talking about you know the soul of a team. Yeah, the, the first state championship at Leeds ever was 2018, and uh, and it's unreal. Uh, there were there were a couple of older players, black and white, that were determined, and uh, and then you had some younger kids, and and they could see beyond race, beyond whatever that they cared about each other. And you could just see it as we were playing games. And uh, the older kids had a positive influence with the young kids. They they would see a problem, they'd say, Coach, we'll handle it. And it wasn't a, a bad way. They'd just tell the kids, this is, if you want to be a part of it, you're going to do right. Yeah. And, that, and Keith had a simple rule, you're going to do right. So when it came to discipline, he was able to, to handle that one kid. 
Yeah. You know, it wasn't so rigid um, because kids are different. People are different. And he knew how to discipline them in a way that they would respond and still want to be a part of the team. Yeah. And, and there's a certain point where you got to work them hard enough to win, but you don't want to work them so hard that they don't want to play. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, once you do it that first time, the, yeah, they, they become they, like they trailblazers. Catch, they catch you know, a vision for then, it. Then it becomes kind of self-motivating. Yeah, know, self they believe they can do it, like like here at Briarwood. Yeah. When that, you were, yeah. What do you carry with you from Coach Finley, you think? Oh, my goodness. Uh, first word he'd write on the board at the start of every season was personnel. He he genuinely cared about the souls of those young men. Mm. He was passionate. Mm. And we had different opportunities with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And in the old Hoover community, they had that starlight service. where it was Right, a, I remember You that. start the whole school year yeah. with a prayer and praise. Yeah. In the stadium. In the stadium, named <laughs> for him. Yeah, yeah. So humble, so humble. Um, never talked about himself. Always working and cleaning and quietly doing all the things it took for the kids to be successful. And so, to me, he was that living example of this is what a Christian coach does. Yeah. There wasn't going to be any profanity. Um, the kids came first, and we were going to put people in a place where they could be successful. And, of course, I got to just watch him a little bit when I was the youth pastor there a few years with the student stampede. But he was fiery and tough. Oh, yeah. That's what a lot of people don't understand, that just because you have the moniker Christian, because his integrity was rock solid and all the things you shared. But, man, he also was – very demanding. Correct? Very competitive. He and Coach Yancey, sometimes I'll work in here with Coach Yancey. Right. Coach Finley at the beginning of my career and, and Coach Yancey here at the end, it's just been two great Christian bookends. I almost call them by the same name. Coach Yancey's competitive. He and is. So, and so, yeah. so was Coach Finley. And, yeah. and that passion comes through. Right. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. And we won games there and we won have won games here that we shouldn't have won. Uh, because of that leadership. Yeah, just a fieriness that yeah. is almost admirable. Yeah, know? it is. <laughs> um, so you you get to a point at Leeds where you can retire, you know, yeah. and you start making those well, thoughts about when and how. So take us through that process of how you start thinking about it, what led to it, and then kind of the transition. You know? Well, um, believe it or not, I had tried several times to be at Briarwood, and it just never happened. And I, and I think the Lord's hand was in all of that. I, I think I'm happier now for the other experiences to be here than I would have if if it had happened earlier. But, um, no, the, the coaching staff, people are, are – Keith's getting different offers and making different decisions, and he's 10 years younger than me. Keith Etheridge. Keith okay. Etheridge. He's, yeah. he's best friends with my best friends, little brothers. Yeah. We all grew up in Leeds. So – um, they start making decisions. I can't. I'm too old. I can't do all this traveling. Um, I think he's had three or four jobs since later. I can't do that. Yeah. And so because you had children, right? Right. To consider, right? right. And um, and so um, I mean, Leeds and Birmingham areas are home. So I talked with Mike Sanders and uh, Coach Yancey, and they were polite enough to give me an opportunity. And every time I see Coach uh, Doctor. Kinert or Coach Kinert, I, I start to cry because I'm so thankful to be here. It's the best job I've ever had. I told Matthew and Bobby and, and, and you and other guys I, I know I have at one time or another, I don't think I'll ever work with better people. And we've kind of laughed about it, and I, I never want to make too much out of it because everybody has problems and there's no perfect place. But your first experiences of 
your first kind of like Tony Johnson was talking about his first few days here. So a little bit of, of it just almost spun your head a little bit, right? In terms of uh, oh, I mean, there's so many different things. Obviously, the campus is bigger. There's more students, yeah. and everybody independently knows where they're going yeah. during the day, and I have no clue. Yeah. And, and I'm lost in the building, and uh, everything's done by email. Well, I might have read one email at least. We, <laughs> we just didn't use it. Yeah. So getting here, uh, I'm getting in trouble because I'm missing a meeting here and there, and I'm like, well, nobody told me. They said, well, you didn't read your email. And I'm like, well, there's a 1,000 emails. Which which one's important? <laughs> So just finding out where I'm supposed to be, but um, and do you no, find I, that Coach Ansel let the players go home after? Oh after my their, goodness! <laughs> on Fridays, we wouldn't have had a team left anywhere I would coached previously if we'd let players have yeah. that kind of responsibility. But it works here. Yeah, and we, that's, yeah, we got tickled about some of those early. Like you, you, you're looking at us almost like we were crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah. In the spring training, I'd show up, and my first question, which was my first question at the end of the school day at Leeds, is who were we missing? Because yeah. somebody's gotten in trouble by, by seventh or eighth period. Yeah. And they're not going to be at practice day. Yeah. They're going to be in trouble. And I, I keep asking that question to uh, Coach Forrester and the other coach, and they just laugh at me and they say, Coach, we don't have those problems here. And he's right. Uh, yeah. First two months of, of teaching, there was nobody absent. Yeah. And I, I went home to Lee and I, I don't know how to behave. I mean, they're here. They want to learn. Yeah. They're not absent. Players aren't absent. So you taught uh, history for a while, and then you went and worked really, really hard to get your seminary degree. Yes. And yeah. now you've transitioned to teaching Bible. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a Alabama boy's dream come true, isn't it? Yeah. Teach Bible and coach football. Yeah. So talk yeah. a little bit about – because uh, talk us through your daily schedule, because I think it's pretty pretty yeah. cool what you get to do every day. Oh, yeah. Um, when I first got hired, Mike had me. I was a U.S. history driver's ed for 20 years, and – with high school students and, and really didn't know how I would be with, with junior high kids. But these kids are so mature and show up and want to learn and they compete. They mm-hmm. raise hands all day long wanting to answer the question. Mm-hmm. And if you don't call them, they're mad. Coach, I knew the answer too. Mm-hmm. So that's been a lot of fun because it reminds you why we got in it. We right. wanted to teach, but you got to have kids that want to learn. So that's a compliment to the parents, grandparents as well. Uh, yeah, it's geography, history, and then it was uh, – World history, then U.S. history, and it kept bouncing back and forth for several years. And I was like, Mike, I love this job. i got to get better at something. Yeah. And I, I can't do it this way. But uh, I went back during uh, night school and summers to finish a seminary degree at Briarwood. And what a blessing. What a fellowship. And, and so it worked out. Um, Mr. Wallace retired, and that job came open. And they were nice enough to give me the seventh grade Bible. So we... We meet every morning. The kids will stand and read Scripture and pray. And that right there would be enough for the day. But but we've had fun. My, my little seventh grade, we're talking about salvation and sanctification, how to know Christ, how to share the gospel with other people, and then how to grow as a Christian. Yeah. So, Well, it was such a credit, first of all, the Birmingham Theological Seminary, that they set their program up to where guys like us yep. could find time. Yeah, it's a but, blue. I call it a blue-collar seminary. Yeah. But then you to – I mean, there's nothing that was pressing you to have to push for a seminary degree. And I don't think people realize the work you were putting into it. Because I remember you would come talk to me about all the things you were learning and awesome. having to study. And and I, I guess I was just uh, – that fire in you to keep improving uh, and to 
get that was su- such a great accomplishment. Well, you know? and this is something I, I think Coach Finley stressed with us as well as the verse about when you're working with young people, you'd be better off to put an anvil around your neck and jump in the ocean than to teach them a lie. So whether it was history or, or driver's ed where I really felt like I was helping save lives of kids who had never driven before, but if you're going to teach God's Word, yeah. I don't want to mislead anybody. Yes, yeah, the pressure, didn't it? And yeah. so I came to Jay many times with all this terminology. <laughs> I mean, offense and defense around here has got enough terminology as it is, but yeah. um, this biblical 2000, three, four, 5,000 year terminology, um, it was a new world to me. So, yeah. And obviously, I've still got yeah. a lot of learning to do. So, what's that been like now? How long have you been teaching Bible now? Um, two. Maybe two and a half years. They started me off with like one class when Mark was still here and helped ease his load and then kind of got my feet wet. But now it's uh, seven periods a day out yeah. of eight. So. Yeah. so just seven straight periods. And I'm getting better because it's just, <laughs> it's just the one seven cry. I'm getting better. First period, they're, they're kind of guinea pigs, but by the end of the day, we got a good lesson going. Yeah, so, that's so good. Yeah. And then you have to come out and, and then coach. And uh, it's kind of a young man's uh, – Yes. Sport, isn't it? As far yes. as coaching, uh, I looked over the other day and you got called in some friendly fire, and I mm. uh, hear on the headsets, Reese yeah. is down. So. Oh, it was painful. <laughs> you I, okay? I haven't been cut blocked in 40 years. <laughs> and I, and at least then I knew it was coming. I didn't see this one coming, but they didn't mean to. And we're going to get better day by day, but it is painful getting old. Well, I'm glad to see you walking around. I was worried yeah. we'd lost you. Yeah, I need, I, I need a ride from one end of the field to the other as much as we swap ends. So how, how are you enjoying football now? Because it's changed, hasn't it? I mean, oh, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a different game. It, it's, people have a hard time understanding that. We get it because we've – We've yeah. seen it, you know, yeah. We've seen the evolution, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to line up in the eye. I think it's biblical. <laughs> the Lord God Almighty said, "I am." <laughs> so I wish we could line up in the eye and just uh, smash mouth people. But anyhow, it has changed. I mean, it's, a, it's a, a lot, a lot of stuff offensively, a lot of movement, and obviously being a defensive coach, I feel like all those new rules help the offense. Yeah, yeah. I just want, I want our defense to be able to line up and play. But uh, but it's it's been fun. It's I've learned a lot since I've been here, obviously. And Coach Donnelly, I've never seen anybody coach the DBs uh, during the playoffs like uh, Chris could, and I learned so much. Yeah. And uh, is there a position you feel most comfortable with? You think if you, well, if you get right back to it? Oh, I, I enjoy the DBs. I mean, you're gonna get beat to me. I, I, the D line, Shane does such a great job with it, and obviously uh, Matthew and. Oh, it's done such a good job with linebackers, but um, smaller school ball—the first place we're going to get beat is giving up the long pass. And I, I like working with the DBs. Yeah, and you do such but, a great job with it. But, you know, in the past we've had veteran coaches come in and they tell some great stories, and then they kind of talk about the one thing they did—you know, either as an assistant coach or head coach or whatever—that really something that you feel like really a good thing. What comes to mind when I ask you that question? What was kind of one thing you had as a practice tip or teaching tip or something that, you know, nothing's unique. We, we yeah. borrow things, but that, that you would say kind of is something you hang your hat on. Everybody I could get a hold of, I would try to ask them, if you could only do one drill at your position to hang your hat on, mm-hmm. what would you do? And so I think one of those first times was um, – Ted Roof, 
who had yeah. been a Georgia Tech yeah. All American and coached and was at Auburn at one time and uh, he had twin boys same time I had twin girls and we had met at West Georgia at a defensive camp and I was really impressed with him that his drills were simple but they were so much like the game right. of football for his linebackers and I just think trying to get with everybody and find out that one thing at each position if you could just do one thing to help your kids win but but um, you know and the kind of the bigger picture I think it goes back to coach Finley and, and coach Nancy too as personnel how to place kids in a place where they can help the team win yeah and sometimes that's hard yes that's hard um, the first year, 2008, we won it. We had a young boy. The only kid that could play quarterback didn't want to play quarterback. He only wanted to play outside linebacker because he had set a personal goal to be the leading tackler in Leeds football history. Hmm. He's a hard-nosed kid. Come from difficult background. But um, but he had he accepted our challenge. Now, after game three, his red quit. He didn't want to play quarterback. By game five, he's getting some notoriety because we're undefeated. And he starts buying in. Smallest kid on the field, never played quarterback, Rush Perkins. Um, he was the MVP at Legion Field. How about that? 15 and 0 later. Yeah. But he was willing to sacrifice what he wanted for what the team needed. Yeah. So I think personnel, finding where the kids fit and can help. Yeah. And we've even found over the years some guys have more of an offensive personality and some guys have more of a defensive personality. And yeah. the guy may be a prototypical safety, but he's just kind of an offensive guy, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy, is it, in terms no. of figuring that out? No, and, and and you struggle as a coach. You want every player who's practiced to play every game, and it's you, you can't do it because yeah. you got to do what's best for the team. So that's a struggle. But, yeah, the two platooning, I've never been a part of other than college. Yeah, uh, Leeds was such a smaller school. A lot of kids played both ways. But, but I have I've really enjoyed – watching players get better playing one side of the ball right and how that can help you win yeah at a high level so yeah, well, it was kind of we kind of discovered a lot of that by accident of course every, all large schools you have to do it you know you got you're going to get beat what what veteran coaching story comes comes to mind oh goodness <laughs> boy there and there's so many good ones because you again it goes back to to what the lord's doing there was a friday morning we would have uh, chick-fil-a biscuits and and orange juice for the kids and um there's one particular morning it was early in our, our season 2015 season we didn't know what we were going to have uh, trying to replace a lot of people who just graduated and um, we're about to have our devotional. We're, the the local churches were so good about mm-hmm. feeding our kids and providing a, a, a sermon or an invitation to Christ or, or just something encouraging. Well, we get up into the wrestling room, and two of the uh, younger kids come to us, and uh, one asked, Coach, could I read the Scripture today? And the other one said, could I pray for us? Well, I'm scared to death. Because they're, they're younger kids. Right. Most of the kids are in there older, and I'm thinking, how will the other kids respond to this? Yeah. Because I don't want them to be ridiculed. They get up, and one reads the Scripture, the other prays. And I'm thinking, how are these guys? I'm just praying, dear God, please let them respond. And they all applaud oh. their teammates. Two, two, the, every one of them genuinely applauded with claps and cheers. Not in a derogatory fashion, but in a great fashion for their two teammates. And I just nudged Keith. I'm saying, what is? what do we got here? And we did. We had another special year. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you just don't ever know I mean, I mean, how what's many, going on in the lives of our kids. Yeah, and how many times it comes down to it's the soul and character of a team. Yeah, more than the schemes, more than the even the even. The, I mean, you yeah. gotta have great players, no doubt, but there's something about a football team in yeah. this sport. If they find a way to come together, work together, support one another, grow, persevere, and, together, and they find ways to win, and then all of a sudden, man, it's like you don't want to play that team. Yeah, on Friday and, night. yeah. I mean, it's un- and we saw unbelievable things happen. Kids prevail that would never. Um, and you start praying, Jay, as a coach, Lord, please don't let me get in the way of their success. Don't let me do or call or, or say something that keeps us from being successful because I want them to be successful. And one one last story. Uh, we were at Bryant-Denny. We won the game. It's late. And we have a field goal kicker. And he's already set a record for most made field goals in championship games. So he's about to set an extra point record. We've had the young kids in for most of the fourth quarter, but they have scored. Well, instead of him kicking, because normally you just call for the first team to go out there, he wanted the freshman to have a chance to kick it, Bryant Denny. Well, how about that? This senior on his own, nobody prompted him. He goes out there, calls a timeout. He holds like he would at practice for this ninth grader. The ninth grader barely gets it over, but he scores at Bryant Denny. And I thought, you could have set a record, but you chose this for this young boy because you wanted him to have success. Yeah. And I, I was just like, where did that come from? And that's, you know, you, you find those blessings along the way. Well, i tell you where it comes from. It comes from the legacy of Coach Finley. It comes from the legacy of all those coaches and then what you guys have built. We call it culture nowadays, you know, yeah. but it, it was the right kind of culture that produced the right kind of results. But I, I know just watching you, we're just going to sell the ship and keep loving kids and yeah. keep doing what's right. It's been It's been a real joy to see that fruit. Well, listen now. I know you've seen the line in that uh, Top Gun Maverick, yeah, where the man tells him his his career's over, yeah, and he says, "Not today, not today, not today." <laughs> That's right. Well, Brent, you've been such a blessing to us, man. I'm just telling you, the head of the parade. What do they call oh, that? Oh, yeah, the Grand Marshal. You were the Grand I, Marshal the came of the Homecoming me. Parade. Yeah. So I told him no immediately. <laughs> I said, "That's I'm really not the person you want for that," but they. Twisting my arm. I did have a fun time. Yeah, so thank you yeah. again for all that you do. All right, Jay. Thanks for all you do, brother. And uh, I'm proud of this uh, group of uh, players this year. They've overcome a lot of adversity, and I think people have underestimated us, and they're going to keep working hard. And Lord willing, uh, we're going to get in the playoffs here. And when you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. At Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama, And each episode of this podcast is dedicated to our coaches, volunteers, and other staff members who help us wrestle with what it means to be a Christian, competitive athletics program in contemporary society. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of AD Update.